purpose, adventure, success. That's what a man's life should be. But as you traveled the road you thought led to a brighter future, the adventure you were seeking melted into a dull gray blur you just want to escape. You wish you could talk to someone, but wouldn't that be admitting defeat? Or is this longing for brotherhood hardwired into us? This is how each of us felt. We got honest about our need to connect, so we started getting together, opened the Bible, and found authentic answers. Welcome to the Real Men in the Real World podcast, sponsored by Ministry to Men of St. Charles County and hosted by Brian Bradensteiner. Well, welcome to another episode of Real Men in the Real World. Today, we're here at Family Vision Media Center. Thank you. Big shout out to them for allowing us to be in their studios, in the podcast studios. It's an awesome place. If y'all ever want to come over to uh, Family Vision Media Center and check it out, please do. Dave and Fred both are uh, awesome people, and they would love to be able to share their premises with you. And today I'm looking at a guy that is just fantastic. And when I say fantastic, I mean it. Here's a guy that I've known for a long, long time. He's uh, younger than me, but I'm finding out most people are younger than me anymore these days. And certainly as uh, I've watched this young man grow, um, you know, it's been awesome to see. Here is a guy that is a businessman. He's an entrepreneur. He thinks outside the box. He donates so much of his time and just loves life and being able to be involved in giving back to the community. He's got a wonderful family. We can talk about all that stuff later, but I'm looking at a man here that I say is a 2 a.m. friend of mine, and I mean that. We can call each other up at any given time, especially if it's 2 a.m., and we know we'll pick the phone up for each other. I'm talking about the one and the only Dan Faust. Dan, how you doing today, buddy? Hey, I'm doing fantastic. Now, listen, if this is uh, heard from any of our friends in St. Charles County, they're going to know that there's actually three Dan Faust just in our family. Yeah, I know. And that's kind of why I was throwing that lob up there for you. Tell me more about that. Well, I am Dan Faust Jr. And uh, uh, I'm one of four children. Uh, but I also uh, am married and have five beautiful children, and we have a Dan Faust the third. We call him D three. D three. So we like to say the new and improved version each generation, and uh, <laughs> give God's grace a little bit of a chance to work there. I kind of like the D three thing. You know, you go from D one to D two to D three. That's that's, right. that's pretty cool. Yep. We'll that's see if there's going to be man. a D four. He says there will be. We'll see. Well, there should be a D four B four D five. What are we going to have? Are we, what about on the Bradensteiner side? Well, you know, we do have a little uh, youngster in our midst right now. He's uh, right at four months old, and it's awesome. Little Jackson David, mm-hmm. being a grandparent buddy, is fantastic. It is awesome. Well, I, I, I know I'm going to find that out at some point. So I, we have five children. Emma is the oldest at 23 and all the way down. Emma, Daniel, 16. Uh, White is 12, Catherine is 10, and Hunter is 9. So we still have a few more years of paying uh, for Costco food deliveries and food purchases. (laughs) All fun and part of the uh, journey of life, so to speak, right? It's just another chapter in the book of life, the way I look at it. So you're right smack dab in the middle of it. And Dan, I got to say, before we get really in detail and in depth here, I love you, buddy. Love you too. It's just awesome. I love doing ministry with you. And I'm going to say two words to you right now and let me know what you think of them. Intentional simplicity. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, I think the uh, the intentional simplicity side is is really taking it uh, back to the Jesus way, right? Mm. And that's just laying it out there in a clear, uh, simple aspect and not trying to make life too difficult, uh, which I am guilty of, by the way. I'm guilty of making life difficult. A friend of mine told me a term uh, a few months ago, and I thought, man, if a term could define me any better, and that was catastrophize. Oh, wow. Right? And he said, you know, Dan, we got we to gotta try hard not to catastrophize situations and let our mind go to the worst possible conclusion. And I thought, man, that's a really interesting way of looking at it. So I didn't mean to get too heavy there early, Brian, but... <laughs> no, that's perfect, man. Catastrophize. I, I, I've never heard of that before. I mean, is that like a, a, a made-up word? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And don't check anything that I'm saying in the dictionary. Uh, and I'm glad that I'm not uh, here having to type anything up or to write anything because my spelling is atrocious as well. Thank goodness for spell check. There's no Amen. doubt about that. That's right. You know, this intentional simplicity, you were talking mm-hmm. about going back to Jesus and saying, you know... He was very intentionally simplistic in the way he shared the gospel. No walls, literally no walls. I mean, he preached outside all the time, right? And he was able to transform people's lives by keeping it simple. What does that look like to you? Yeah, I think, you know, sometimes uh, in our Christian walk, we can overcomplicate things and think that we have to be something now that we identify as a Christian. And I think that the key aspect here is, look, Jesus tells us, right, in Matthew 6, he says, to seek ye first the kingdom of God, right? And all these things will be added unto you. So when you get into that aspect, you say, well, what does that mean? How can I say, that is a pretty simple aspect, seek ye first the kingdom of God. In other words, don't worry about, actually before that he says, don't worry about money and don't worry about your food and what you're going to eat and what you're going to wear. Uh, but seek ye first the kingdom of God. And so when I think about how Jesus laid it out from a simplistic standpoint, it was, hey, know your priorities. Mm. Your priorities need to be your relationship with your creator, your relationship with God. Uh, your, your priorities need to be simplifying your life to a point of knowing who's the master and, and who's the one serving him. Uh, and so that's been uh, an interesting walk for me and my family over the last couple of years, particularly uh, as I've tried to simplify my life and uh, seek his kingdom first. Now, wait a minute. Simplifying the life, mm. the walk that you have, you're busy, dude. How do you simplify being busy, 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 because you do so much for so many people? What, what does that look like to you, especially as you are a dad to a younger generation, to a D3 generation, basically, what does that look like to emulate the simplicity of maybe being too busy, mm. but yet allowing it to, to permeate into your family and to his generation? Yeah, you know, if, if there is, a, a, I hesitate to describe it this way, but if there was a positive aspect to COVID, it was that it forced us all to slow down and to take a look at our life and what we were involved in. And in many aspects, we were forced to pause those things that we were involved in. Uh, and so while you're spending time with your family and you're kind of locked in in your homes, you begin to, to see sides of your kids and see sides of uh, even your friends because you have longer phone calls with friends, right? Uh, you see sides that are important to your life that you didn't realize before. Because perhaps before you were busier, but it was more surface. Mm. Uh, 
so I, I really look at, uh, I'm, I have a, my wife and I, we have a busy life, but we are trying to be very intentional in where we put our focus and our time. Uh, 6 p.m. in our house is dinner time. We sit down as a family uh, almost always, uh, you know, seven days a week if we can to have dinner together and to have intentional time together. Uh, we in, we intentionally don't participate in certain sports, traveling teams and things like that, that we know are just going to become too much of a drain on the family unit. Uh, so while we're busy with some charities and some church and, and uh, ministry aspects, we try to make sure that we do it as a family unit, if at all possible. So where did this all begin? I mean, you didn't just wake up one day and say, hey, I'm going to do this with my family and we're going to make it simplistic. I mean, you had to have a journey along the way. And then, you know, Jesus came into your heart. What, tell us about that. Yeah. I mean, I've got a you know, not overly unique background. It's actually quite common to many kids who grew up in the 70s and 80s. Uh, I come from what you would describe as a broken home. Uh, my parents uh, were married too young, too uh, difficult of circumstances, and uh, they got divorced when I was three. And so my, I, my, my sister and I and my mom were basically, uh, uh, we lived in, you know, an apartment here in St. Charles and, uh, you know, we weren't believers, but I, I was, was blessed to have an aunt on my dad's side, uh, very large family. My dad's one of 15 children and, uh, there's, you know, hundreds of us here in St. Charles now. So, uh, but not particularly a family of believers didn't attend church. Uh, but I was blessed in that. See, this is where I say that this is how God intervenes and he begins to call people and he intercedes um, in that I had an aunt who just took an interest in my sister and I, and she began taking us to church. Uh, and we would go to church camp and we would Bible quiz. And I can't speak enough about putting the word of God into the hearts of your children at a young age, because it just, it does stay with you forever. There's Bible verses that I know now that I learned when I was 9, 10, 12 years old in Bible quizzing. Uh, but long story short from that aspect, uh, you know, coming from a broken home, uh, but being able to go to a church, um, I was able to go to church camp and, and uh, was able to come home and tell my parents what I learned and, and plead with them that uh, they need to turn their hearts to God. And my mom did. And uh, at one point, you know, we began going to another church as a family uh, with my mom and my stepdad and my sister and myself. Um, and then, you know, I can point to specific things along the way where I was going off the rails and God put someone, typically a godly man, in my life at the time that would kind of bounce me back on the rails and get me back uh, on the straight path. Um, but that, I can see that throughout my childhood and all the way up through uh, my early 20s. Uh, one of those men is in our Bible study group, Mr. Ed Watkins, right? And, and Shout he, out Ed Watkins. Shout out to Ed Watkins. And that's because of his wife, his, his wife, uh, whom you and I both had as a music instructor. Uh, you know, talk about a, a woman who's just a godly woman. And she took an interest in me um, as someone in her music program and, you know, treated me kindly and gave me special projects to keep me busy. And, uh, and her husband uh, reached out to me after one of our musicals and, uh, and really became my first mentor. Mm. Uh, and so in every step along the way, there were men who, who God put into my life. And you were one of them as well, Brian. Mm. You were one of them uh, twice over the last 15 years that you invited me into a Bible study and you attempted to pour into me, even though there were aspects of my life where I was still running from God. Mm. You know, there's an, there's a, a way that a, a Christian man 
can be saved, but still lost. What do you mean? Maybe you're saved in that you've confessed Christ and you know that you need Jesus to be your Lord and Savior and you need him uh, in your life, right? You know that there's no chance of going to heaven or no chance of salvation without him. But then you don't yield your life to him, mm. right? Uh, so you're the lukewarm aspect in that you are, I like to say, you're an undercover agent for Christ, right? Uh, in certain circumstances, you'll be happy to talk about what God's doing in your life. But for the most part, you want to keep him contained to the rooms in your house where you want him to be, the rooms in your heart. Uh, so I really look at over the last several years, what God's revealed to me is that, hey, I don't want to be contained to just a particular portion of your heart. I want the whole thing. Mm. And as he's done that, uh, he's put it on my heart to just yield. In some some ways, it's been, hey, Dan, yield. And I listen. In some ways, you know, you hear the old two by four story where God has to really get your attention. Um, and I'm thankful that he's done that over the last couple of years and given me an opportunity to just yield. Man, that's awesome. Yielding. Have you ever yielded to crazy love? Are you talking about the uh, <laughs> the... The Francis Chan. Yes, I am. Too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm going to tell you, man, uh, my mom, when I was growing up in teenage years, she was a huge lover of uh, and, and follower of uh, Charles Stanley. Man, I couldn't mm. get enough of Charles Stanley. That was her pastor. And uh, and Francis Chan is kind of becoming that for me in, in so many ways. I'm listening to what he's doing and his heart for God and uh the revelations of just being able to say, you know what, I actually believed something and I think I had it wrong, hmm. right? Uh, what do you and, mean by that? I mean, he's a Christian man and he, he's Christian out pastor. there, he's doing, yeah, pastor, he's out there, he's doing things, he's, he's promoting the church, he's bringing people together, he's doing all of that that we talk about on trying to be able to reach another generation. You're saying that he's doing it wrong? No, I actually think that what what he's realized is that the old format or the traditional format doesn't work necessarily the way God might intend it to. Meaning, mm -hmm. he's he's challenging the aspect of you know do we come together with three or four hundred people in a church and how do we begin to really know each other and love each other and come alongside each other the way the church is intended to be? Uh, so as I've had the, uh, the joy of reading some of his books and, and listening to some of his YouTube videos and, and following him. Uh, he's got a great series out there called The Church Intensive. Uh, and he really starts to challenge the format between what we hold to be tradition within the church and what is actually commanded in the Bible. Mm. Um, and again, he doesn't go through this and say, boy, if you're meeting together and there's four or 500 people in your church, that that's a problem. He doesn't say that. He says, are you adhering to the command side of it? Mm. Are you loving each other? Are you coming alongside each other? Are you, you two-a.m. friends? That's right. That's right. And so I uh, really love what he's doing on that front, and that has inspired me uh, to look more closely at, at how I'm connecting with individuals, mm. how I'm yielding. Am yeah. I yielding? Right? So... How are you seeing that play out in your life, Brian? Well, you know, it's interesting. Uh, I'm the one supposed to be asking yeah. the questions, Sorry. not you, buddy. <laughs> I'm going to turn the tables here in a few minutes. <laughs> no, that's awesome. I'm glad that uh, you are asking those questions, buddy, because when I look at it, you, you turned me on to that series on YouTube with Francis Chan, and I was coming back from Springfield recently and literally listened to the whole thing, and it just, I, it, that was the two-by-four moment for me. 
Because there's nothing wrong with corporately going to church and hanging out with people and loving them and, and, and being in the body of Christ with communion and all that good stuff. That's not what Francis Chan is saying. What he's saying is, that's great. Have have youth ministry. Have a, a, a senior ministry. Mm-hmm. Have all these ministries. But have a ministry of relationships yeah. that are deep, that are you peel the onion back to get to the core. And don't make it a way that it is scary, if you will, or hinders somebody you know, I got to tell you, when I was in college, we were in an art class. And I, for those of you who know me, very left brain, I'm debits, credits, accountant. But my right brain, you know, I had to get a credit to graduate into the liberal, uh, liberal mm-hmm. easy for me to say. You yeah. know what I'm trying to say? I had to get an art you're class. So, you're so conservative, you can't say liberal. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> but with that being said, I had to take this class in order to graduate. And I'll never forget, this gal was teaching us art, and she used nearly every Christian picture yeah. to be able to express what the what it said, what it spoke to her about, and what the stuff that was hidden in it that I would never have seen before in my life. And it really just blew my right brain mm. up and said, wow, yeah, that's pretty cool. The one picture that I remember was a door with Jesus walking into the door, and it was open slightly. And the one thing she pointed out was, there's no doorknob on that door. Hmm. And I'm like, whoa, wait a minute, what's that about? And she started explaining it more, and she says, that's because if you have a doorknob on there, it hinders some people from being able to turn a doorknob. Some people may not be able to do that. Hmm. But not having the doorknob, Jesus was saying, everybody can come to me. Yeah. Oh, I like that, man. That's uh, the, the more I get into this church intensive and the more you and I talk about what's happening in our Bible study group. And I encourage anyone who might be listening, man, if you, if you are interested in joining a Bible study group and you just don't know where to start, come and join us on Wednesday mornings at 7 a.m. at the First Capital Lions Club in St. Charles. Uh, you're going to find a diverse group of guys, di- diverse ages. Um, well, Brian and I are lowering the average age uh, <laughs> as much as we can't know, but uh, just from diverse backgrounds, if you will, uh, eight or nine different uh, denominations represented. And what we're finding is that it's in the study of the Bible together that we're starting to reveal each other where where we're struggling. We're, mm. we're, we're able to say, hey, listen, I'm struggling with yielding in this particular area. You know, there are really two lies that we tell ourselves as Christians. Number one, we tell ourselves that God needs us to do something, right? We got to go make a big <laughs> splash in the world. Um, when the truth of the matter is, throughout the Bible, you hear more of a focus and an emphasis on being humble and serving and not making a big splash, but just being a really good neighbor, being really good at coming alongside the people that God puts in your immediate circle and helping them, right? And it's through that work that the world sees, right? And so we're not called to change the world. That's the Holy Spirit's job. The Holy Spirit changes the world by changing us, Mm. right? And the second lie that we kind of tell ourselves is that somehow we have to go out and we have to create this Christian utopia, right? That we have to create this circumstance where, man, 
this is a Christian community or this is a Christian neighborhood or this is a Christian church. And the bottom line is, is that Jesus tells us it's going to be difficult. Mm. We're going to go through difficulty. They rejected him. So they're going to reject us that this nation and this community is not going to be perfect. Uh, it's never going to be perfect until Christ comes back. Right. But that we're still supposed to seek his kingdom. Mm. Right. That we're still supposed to work together and love each other and point each other Mm. to that yielding to the Holy Spirit. As iron sharpens iron, we strive at Ministry to Men to sharpen each other to become better men for our families, our jobs, and in our spheres of influence. We learned you don't need to live with the feeling you're only treading water. God designed you for more than earning a paycheck and getting stuff done. He gave you a dream, a purpose, and a legacy to leave behind. We're on the adventure with the living Christ, growing into healthier, more honest, and more successful men. To learn more about Ministry to Men of St. Charles County, go to ministrytomen.net. Ministrytomen.net. Real men in the real world. Yielding to the Holy Spirit, as as you continue to say that, it's about the fourth time you said it, and I love that phrase because... What that's telling me is that you're allowing the Holy Spirit to literally permeate every inch of your body, your thoughts, your minds, your heart, all that stuff. But yielding, I'm going to go back to the young man. Yeah. Yielding as a young man, what what does that look like? You had somebody pour into your life. Mm. You had a mentor pour into your life. And as a young man, yielding, how do they know how to do it? And what advice would you give a younger generation to yield to Christ and have a relationship with him? Man, it's the right question, whether you're 18 or 80. <laughs> it's the right question. And that is, how do I yield? Right. So first of all, I have to recognize that I have a will that is going to be out of alignment with God. Mm. Right. My nature is going to be out of alignment with God. So once I recognize that, I have to say, okay, I have to get control over that. And in the way the Holy Spirit helps us to get control over that is through prayer, right? So we, we're constantly going to God and saying, God, I'm struggling in this particular area. And in some cases, I've had to say, God, can you help remove certain individuals from my life? Or can you help remove certain desires that I just struggle with, hmm. right? And, and you're going to find that the more you do that, the more you give that to God and the more times you hit your knees, and just say, God, I can't do it. I need you to do it for me. That's part of the yielding, mm. right? Because it's admitting that I can't solve this problem. Uh, the second way, from my opinion, is just spending as much time in his word as possible. That we have the power, because we're Christians and we have the Holy Spirit, we have the power to overcome the temptation. But we have to know what God says about us and what God says about our power to resist, mm. right? So... When I talk about yielding, I talk about, okay, look, you got to get control over your will and know that it, it can't be about your will. You, ha- you have to seek the kingdom of God. You have to yield through prayer and studying your Bible and then allowing the fruit of the Spirit to manifest itself through us, right? Uh, the love, joy, peace, gentleness, all of these things happen as you begin to yield and you start to see the results. Patience. Patience, man. I didn't mention that on purpose. Yeah, so... I mean, those are the aspects. I, I, this guy, Myron Golden, just said it beautifully. And I, I'm probably going to torture it, but he said that when you're seeking the kingdom, 
you're seeking the king first, mm. right? And in seeking the king, right, the, he says, look, the Bible is about a king, a kingdom, a royal family, right? And what we're supposed to do while we're essentially on earth, right? And he says that as we're yielding and as we're giving ourselves and saying, I recognize that he's the king, I'm not, right? And the Holy Spirit begins to work in our life. This is the really cool thing. Then God gives us our assignment, essentially. God says, all right, great. I'm going to work through you, and I'm going to change the lives directly in your family, and I'm going to change the lives in your community through you. Here's your assignment. And when you take on that assignment, as Myron Golden so beautifully puts it, he makes you sovereign over that assignment. And this assignment has to yield to you Hmm. because you're working through the Spirit. You're doing God's work. And so he gives you command and authority over that assignment. And the really beautiful aspect is that that assignment is supposed to touch the lives of everybody that God puts in contact Mm. with you. You know, it's interesting because you're talking about yielding once again, but that's almost like a rescue story. You know, that rescue story can, can really start to develop by spending time with other people in deep conversation to show what it looks like to have that relationship with Christ, whether you're 80, whether you're 18, but your advice on bringing people close together to perhaps talk about their own rescue story. Yeah. I mean, ultimately we all need to be rescued, even if we don't know it. And I think that, uh, the Bible's clear that God has written that on our hearts, Mm -hmm. right? That uh, the desire to be with him and to know him, uh, And and listen, I've been in the fitness business for 27 years, and I used to tell people that, look, people want to look good, feel good, have less stress, be more productive. That's why they want to exercise, right? Well, you can say all of those things essentially about why people need Christ, right? Mm. And as you start to see the fruits of the Spirit, meaning it's, it's difficult to go to someone and say, you know what, you need joy, you need peace, you need gentleness, you need all those things. But if they begin to see that in you and they didn't see it in you before, right, they go, well, I don't know what's changed about Brian, Mm. right? I don't know what it is about Brian, but he has this thing about him that I need to understand, right? And in first or second Peter, he says, that's what you want. You want to set yourself up in a a way that people ask you, how is this manifesting itself Mm. in you? And you're able to say, let me tell you what God's doing in my life, right? That's awesome. That is awesome. What a great rescue story, by the way. And as we continue down the road of our own rescue stories, having people pour into us so that Mm. then we can pour into each other and going through life together, sharing life together, shoot, going out on a boat on a Thursday afternoon and Mm -hmm. just going up and down the river, enjoying God's creation, but hanging out. It's, It's pretty easy to hang out with people whom you love who you want to spend time with, who you want to be able to develop that relationship. But there's another step beyond that, Dan, and that's called multiplication. Mm. If we only hold it for ourselves, what good is it? That's right. You, you know, uh, you're the ministry to men, right? The theme is kind of the motto is real men in a real world, right? And, and unfortunately, too many Christian men and women think that they have to essentially look a certain way before they allow God, before they come to a relationship with God and before they allow God to start to work in their life. And the truth of the matter is, is that we're all in a bit of a struggle. 
And it's those of us who know when we begin to unlock the fact that we don't have to walk that struggle alone, Mm. right? We have the Holy Spirit. We have uh, the word. We can go to God in prayer. And he's given us people around us that are willing to come alongside of us and pour into us. And he's he's commanded us to pour into them. That once we realize that, we should have businessmen uh, who love to hang out together and love to say, hey, man, I'm struggling with this particular area. And we should have friends of ours from uh, social ser- or, or service organizations, like I'm in the Lions Club, that you're able to say, man, this is what's going on. How can I be of assistance to you? And how can we change the community together? Yeah, that's that's humbleness 101 right there. Yeah, amen. It's setting your ego aside, going to somebody else, whether they're older or younger, saying, man, I'm struggling. Yeah, and there's so much good that comes from this. There is, because you do start to realize that, hey, I'm not in this alone. Uh, I've noticed it with our guys in the, in the 25 or 30 guys in our Bible study group, but then that has expanded, right? We've had the ministry to men. We've had so many other people who have come up and said, man, I'm struggling in the same area, or I'm seeing the same successes that you're seeing in Christ. Uh, and so I just want to encourage anybody who's listening, man, there's no time like the present to just you know, stop what you're doing, hit your knees. You don't have to, you don't have to hit your knees if you don't want to, but just talk to God and, you know, start the relationship from there. And if you don't know what to do, ask him, ask him to reveal himself, ask him to put you in, into a, a group where you can know more and you can hear more and you can learn more. Uh, and if nothing else, come join us. Yeah. So how cool, come join us to have ministry to men as a hub of bringing people mm. together and expanding out to all the churches to teach a man how to fish. How yeah. cool would that be? I mean, there are over 300 churches between St. Charles, Lincoln, and Warren County, and more than that, that's just some of the documented churches that we've worked with. Um, and, and I will tell you that, how many how many Bible studies does ministry of men have right now, Brian? About 36 or 7-ish. There's no reason why we don't have 300 in every one of these churches. And I know many of the churches do have them, but there's no reason that we're not connected to those Bible studies where we're able to offer just kind of a, a concerted effort to say, no matter where you are, maybe, you know, this church is having a, a beginner's class. Hmm. Right, they, somebody has no idea. They've never begun reading reading the Bible. They can start in this class, or maybe there's, I can only meet Tuesday mornings or Wednesday at lunch. That's the whole purpose: is to be able to point people where they can get a support system, right, and where they can just be amongst believers who are also trying to yield to the Holy Spirit. Yield to the Holy Spirit. Boy, there's yeah. that word again. You know, every time I'm going to be driving now, <laughs> I'm, going to, I'm going to look at a yield sign and I'm going to say, wow, okay, Lord, thank you. And thank you, Dan Faust Jr., <laughs> for opening my eyes to yielding, not only on the road, but also to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Buddy, I got to say, this has been phenomenal. I'm getting God bumps as I'm talking right now. The Spirit is working. It's working in and through you, in and through ministry to men. And it's just awesome, awesome to be able to see. And buddy, thank you so much for the life that you're living. Uh, You're welcome. I appreciate what you're doing what the, uh, the Family uh, Vision Media Group here is doing and the Ministry to Men. Uh, you're an example, Brian. I appreciate you are a 2 a.m. brother. Mm. Uh, I love you, and I love what God's doing in and through us. Yeah.
We're walking life together and doing the journey. Buddy, we're going to close here now. And we always like to close with something that um, we call the finishing five. And you don't know what the questions are going to be or anything along those lines. But it is a quick, rapid fire. It could be yes or no. It could be this or that. Or it could be a one-word answer. Okay. So we're just going to go quickly. Let's do it. All right. You ready? I'm ready. Boat or airplane? Boat. Boat. All right. What is a good spy code name for you? Uh, I was going to say Dapper Dan, but that's... (laughs) We we can so go with Dapper Dan. No, no, no. Nobody knows that it's your real name. Just call you DD, right? <laughs> right. D squared. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> Diddy boy. My Diddy grandmother boy. called me Diddy boy. There you go. Diddy boy it is. Who in the Bible are you most like? Ooh, that's a good one. Uh probably Peter. Peter. Yeah. What is one of your nicknames? Ah, there you go. Diddy boy. My grandmother used to call me Dan Dan Diddy boy because I loved Short little, uh, to make up short little uh, ditties, little songs. Do you like clothes shopping? I love it. You you do because I see you and you're always Dapper Dan, by yeah, the way. right. That's funny. Yeah. Wearing wearing your uh, nice little jacket that you have, uh, suit coat, and you did that in high school, for goodness sakes. I did. Yeah, I did. I, I, I like... Uh, I like to uh, coordinate. Let's put it that way. Coordinate. Yeah. I need adult <laughs> granimals for that so I can coordinate. But I'm telling you, buddy, you always look dapper. Your shoes, your belt, your your uh, sport coat. You, you get out there and uh, you make it work. And, buddy, that is the finishing five. Just little something so people can get to know you a little bit better. When you're out in the community, uh, say hi to Dan. He is a, a gentleman that would love to be able to just to brighten your day. He he gives a little saying at the end of his voicemail just to try and encourage you. So just go out to him and say hey to him, and he'd love to be able to speak with you. And we're here once again with, with Dan Faust Jr. What a great time that we've been able to have together. And uh, we do want to thank Family Vision Media Center, Dave Powell doing all the work behind the scenes, Fred Zalanko for allowing us to be here as well. And man, What a great time to be able to talk God's Word with Dan Faust, Jr. Dan, I love you, buddy. Can't wait to see you, and God bless you. You too, my friend. Thank you. We believe that God made you for a purpose and gave you a dream and a legacy to leave behind. To reach that purpose, lock arms with other men on the same quest. Visit ministrytomen.net to find out how. We are Ministry to Men. Real men in the real world.